Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 96, where in a moment we chat, how much life insurance do I need? That's today's show topic, and it's on the way, like I say, in just a second. But please bear in mind, if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here. And you can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows. Because in our programmes to date, we've featured loads of stuff, pensions, investing, mortgages, loads more, you name it, we've done it pretty much. Last week, we looked at inflation. Remember, we can drill down and focus on pretty much anything forensically. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll get us there. As I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one. Have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis, and with me as always, the star of our show, Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you today? Good, thank you. Now, if you're only finding us today on, on episode 96, thanks for checking us out. I think one of the, the secrets of this show's success is that we... We never assume you know something, basically because of me, because I don't. Equally, though, I'm also not afraid to ask a question to find out. And I think that's where a lot of people fall flat when they're in somewhere like a financial advisor. They, they, they don't want to appear daft by asking a silly question. I, however, have no issues. <laughs> so let's get stuck into this one, Phil. All about life insurance. And if you've never had, you, you might not know. So what exactly is life insurance? What does it do? Why do we need it? So there's never any silly questions, John. It's like with these <laughs> saying, who wants to be a millionaire? Was it? Exactly. It's like, you know, the answer, it's it's easy. But uh, that's a great thing with this podcast here to, to kind of answer people's questions. But like life insurance, it really, it's it's a legal contract between the policyholder and the, the insurer. If the life assured dies, the policy will pay out a, a specified amount. A lot of policies, they, they also pay out if you're diagnosed with what's called a, a terminal illness. So a lot of life insurance policies, if you are diagnosed with less than 12 months to live, a lot of life insurance policies will, will automatically pay out at, at that point. So I know recently, sadly, Andy Gorham passed away. He wasn't given that long to, to live when he, he was diagnosed with his cancer. But so in, in the likes of that situation, as soon as he was diagnosed and told, right, you've only got couple of months to live at that point if he had a life insurance policy the chances are most insurers would have actually paid it out at, at that point but one good thing with, with life insurance is that it's quite a simple product um it's a lot easier to compare and understand and say like critical illness cover but really it, it's a policy that's there if the life assured dies it'll pay out a uh, an amount in that situation and one good thing it doesn't have to be the policy holder that that's covered we did do a show one of our early episodes was on taking out life insurance on an, an ex-partner or spouse and that was a really important episode as well i'd actually forgot about that i did did a few notes before we started recording this show but that, that was a really good program that we, we did back in the, the early days of the podcast yeah, okay. Um, no, let's just ask it now. I was going to say, so why would you take out life insurance on an ex? Just cover that one yeah, off for us, because I mean, people are going to be wondering now. I know, re really there, I mean, if, especially if you've got kids. So it might be that if your ex-partner was paying you maintenance for children, if they were to die, that might be income that, that's then gone. So so you might want to think, right, I, I want to insure them so that if anything happens to them, I've still got that income coming in 
each month or a lump sum to compensate for for that. So quite quite a number of reasons you might want to take out life insurance on an, an ex-partner or spouse. Okay, going back to this then, how much um, life coverage do you need? How do you know what you need? What, what do you have to weigh up when you're, you're working that out, Phil? Yeah, that, I suppose that's a million dollar question, is it? But everybody's needs are quite different. I mean, if, if you go online, a, a lot of websites will say, oh, you should have 10 times your salary, 15 times your salary, 20 times. The, the figure varies, but d- different people are going to have different needs. So, for example, a single person that doesn't have any dependents, their needs are going to be far different from, say, someone like myself. I mean, I've got six children, I've got a mortgage, I've got a business. So my needs are going to be quite different from someone that, that maybe doesn't have any dependents. Things like your age, your dependents, that will also impact it as well. So how long they're going to be dependent on you for. So, for example, my youngest son is only four, so he's going to be a dependent for quite a number of years to come, whereas my oldest son at the minute is 17, and the chances are that in the next few years he will he wants to join the police. If he gets into that, he'll have a, a career there. So the, the amount of life cover that I would need for him would be less than what it would be for, for my youngest son. And if I go back to, I mentioned, for example, if someone was a single person with, with no dependents, you might think that they wouldn't need any life cover at all. However, they, they might still want to look at things like cover to, to pay off funeral expenses, for example. So different people will, will have different needs. And I know like some financial advisors, they'll often recommend policies to like young single people. And, and that's often on the proviso. And they'll, they'll sometimes say, look, the younger you are when you take out a policy, the cheaper the premiums will, will tend to be. And also when you're younger, your health tends to be better. So the older you get, the more ailments you tend to have. And and sometimes I, I suppose that's a good reason to take out a policy the younger you are as well, because you're a lot more likely at that point to get accepted on sort of standard terms. But so some of the things to weigh up, it's like how many dependents you have, what savings do you have is another important factor. Because if you're someone that's got a lot of savings, you might think, right, I don't want to like take out life cover because I've got enough savings to, to pay out whatever there. But then you might think, well, I wouldn't want my savings to go to, to that. I'd rather take out a policy to to cover whatever. But what debts you have is, is an important thing as well. And another sort of important consideration is looking at things like your family history. So for me, the, the Andersons have all lived to quite a grand old age. However, I've got to be mindful that you never know what's around the corner. And just because they've lived to a good age doesn't mean to say that I will as well. So it's good to look at, at different things. And there's that old kind of financial services disclaimer. It says past performance, not always a guide to the future. <laughs> and I suppose that's the same when it comes to your, your life expectancy as well. So that, there's a number of different factors to, to kind of weigh up when you are trying to work out right how much life insurance do I, I need to be taken out. You touched on this a moment ago, Phil. I always think you and I sit here when we're, we're going through shows about life insurance as middle-aged men, knowing full well how we'd have looked at the concept of life insurance when we were, say, 20, 25 years younger, back when we knew everything and we were bulletproof. The ignorance of youth, Phil, you tend not to think about things like life insurance because you really can't envisage the day when you might need it. And I think now, more than ever, when we're in the midst of a, a cost-of-living crisis, this is the sort of thing younger people are going to give a body swerve because it's just one more thing they can't afford. Why shouldn't they? Why should they buy life insurance? 
You're right, John. I mean, at the minute, it's unfortunate that when times are tough for people financially, often if they do have life insurance or protection policies, that's often the things that they cancel to try and save money. And that's that's often one of their things that they really should be keeping and, and probably need. So I know money is tight for, for a lot of folk at, at the moment, but there's a lot of different reasons why people will buy life insurance. I mean, some of these things I mentioned, kind of like burial or, or sort of funeral expenses. So in, in the UK, the, the average cost of a funeral is in the region of about £4,000 at the moment. Now, some people will, will look at things like funeral plans to cover that sort of cost. Again, we did a, a previous show on, on funeral plans quite some some time ago, but other people will look at what's called a, a whole of life plan. That, that's one thing with life insurance. You've got lots of different types of life insurance. So when you're looking at what cover you need, you also need to look at the different types of policies. So you've got policies out there where the cover will stay level. You've got policies where the cover will decrease, policies where it will increase. You also get what's called whole of life plans. And that's one that guarantees to pay out a lump sum when somebody dies. So if you're looking at funeral costs, you know at some point you're going to die. So you get policies that guarantee to pay out a certain sum upon your death. So they can often be used for maybe like funeral costs, burial or expenses, that that sort of thing. And years ago, a lot of financial advisors used to get people to take out whole of life plans. And, and at that point, it was maybe just that they could really, a term assurance policy might have been better for somebody. But in that day and age, what happened was that the providers paid more commission for whole of life plans. So the advisors would often say, oh, look, set up this one instead. And But fortunately now in this day and age, that sort of practices have been weeded out, which is, is good because if a financial advisor's recommending a life insurance policy, they've got to make sure it suits that person's needs as opposed to what's going to line their pockets. Other reasons why why somebody might take out life insurance is it might be to pay off a mortgage. So if, if you've got a mortgage, for example, in joint names, you might take out what's called a, a decrease in term policy. That's one where the cover comes down as the, the mortgage balance comes down. I have seen some people taking out a level policy to pay off a mortgage and that way not only is the mortgage paid off, but there's extra money there as well. But I think any financial advisor that's recommending a level life policy to pay off a mortgage, they've got to be careful because, again, that could be seen as mis-selling because you're you're thinking, well, if it's just to pay off the mortgage, it should really be a, a decrease in one. But then some clients, I think it's nice to have a bit of extra cover on there as well. Another reason somebody might take out life insurance is to, to replace lost income or, or wages. So again, if, if you're a couple and, and one of you dies and, and one's working, you, you can look at something called family income benefit. That's again, like a, a decrease in term policy and that pays out an amount every month. And that's really to, to replace someone's income who dies. And usually you can take that out up until the, the person's kind of retiring age. So for the likes of myself, if I had a that, that type of policy, a, an income benefit plan, it would pay out an amount right through up to say age, well, my state pension age, I think is now 67. So I could take out a policy to say, right, I pay out up until that kind of age. But you, you might do that sort of thing, say, well, I've got kids, I want to do that up until they're up to a certain age. So th there's a lot of different ways that you, you can set things up. Another reason somebody might take out life insurance might be to, to pay an inheritance tax bill. So if, if your estate's over the inheritance tax threshold, it's certainly worth doing some planning for 
that. And one, one of the things that a lot of people don't realise is that HMRC, they won't allow an estate to be passed on until the actual inheritance tax bill has been paid. So what some people will do is they'll take out a plan that pays out a lump sum, use that to pay off the inheritance tax liability, and then their estate gets released upon their, their death at that point. So many different reasons why why people would look to, to take out life insurance. It might be some people want to, to leave a, a lump sum, a charity, could be that for myself, I've got a business. So having life insurance for, for business purposes is, is really important to myself as well. Okay, I'm, I'm with you for, for broadly speaking all of that. I wanted to come back on a couple of things. One will be business purposes in the second, because I'm, I'm not yeah. entirely sure on that one. But just the, the, the help to pay off a mortgage, you were talking about the decreasing mortgage cover. Now, I know for a fact that my wife and I have that, okay? Yeah. And it's one of these things, and this is what a lot of people do. They set it up and they think, right, that's that taken care of. And I guess if you never do anything to your house or you never do anything with your mortgage other than just pay it off, then it, then it is. It's taken care of. It'll just keep working away in the background. However, if you go and, say, take out a loan yep. through your mortgage to do something to your home, to put on an extension, to build another bedroom, to, to do anything, yep. if, if you do that, how does that affect something like the decreasing cover? And will your policy just pick that up automatically, say, for instance, or do you have to then go back to, well, look, actually, we've just done this work. So how does that affect yeah. my, my, uh, my, my cover, my policy? Uh, you've got the option where you could look at maybe taking out another policy. Some, some policies have what's called guaranteed insurability options. And, and quite often that's if, if you move home, they may say, right, we've got certain limits that you can go up to automatically without the need for sort of medical questions and that again. So that's where a good financial advisor can come in. They can look at your policy. You, you get what's called menu plans as well. They can be a lot more flexible than some more traditional policies where once the cover was set up, that was it. So it may be possible to change an existing policy. But that, that's where a financial advisor would be able to take a look at and, and really look at the ins and outs of the, the plan to see if that's possible. But, but something to bear in mind is if you do get like an extension of your mortgage then you, and you've got something of that nature, like a decreasing mortgage, yeah, that's it. Cover, you will have to notify people. Yeah, your, it, yeah. it's easy to... I mean, if, if you've got a decreasing policy to pay off a mortgage and then you maybe borrow more, a yeah. further advance, for example, unless you then increase the cover or take out another policy... If you were to die, only your original bit of the mortgage is paid off, so you've got a shortfall there. So it's definitely important to, to keep reviewing it. And that, that's why when somebody takes out cover, you want to keep reviewing it because your, your needs change as, as time goes on. I mean, lately, um, I, I've came across a lot of folk that are borrowing a lot more money. And I'm mentioning mortgage, but you might also think, right, but, well, as well as the mortgage, I've also got some credit cards. I've got a car loan. It's important to look at all of these sort of things. And one of the downsides that quite a number of years ago, there, there was a bit of mis-selling the, the banks and some motor dealers, for example, they, they got a bad press for selling like ASU policies, accident, sickness and unemployment ones. And sadly, they, they were, I mean, you, you had people that were, for example, health workers that maybe had six months full pay, six months half pay, and companies were selling them these policies, like payment protection insurance, it was often yeah. kind of known as the PPI claims. And, Again, stuff like that, it gives protection a bit of a bad name, but it's good to look at protecting all your debts. And again, it's that, this is where tailoring something to your needs is so important. And that's where good financial advisors will come in. Whereas 
a lot of these PPI policies were being sold by, for example, somebody takes out a car loan, oh, you'll need PPI to cover that. But they they weren't really doing a proper fact find to see no. that that product was, was suitable for someone. So it's always good to keep reviewing your financial situation on a, a fairly regular basis. Just something that crosses my mind here, Phil, and and it could be to do with this example that that I've mentioned here, with the decreasing cover and the you know a mortgage where you've taken out an extension in your mortgage. Yeah. Therefore, you know you need to do something about it. If you have, say, your mortgage brokered through a financial advisor or arranged through a financial advisor, yeah. and your insurance through that same financial advisor, yeah, would the advisor pick up on that and say? you know what, because we've done this with this policy, you might need to go back and look at this policy. Yeah, they should. I mean, they, if, if they've got all your details, they should be looking at all that sort of thing. I, I know a lot of finance, a lot of mortgage advisors, they, they're often so busy that it, it's a, there's a strange way that this goes. I mean, you would think the busier a mortgage advisor is, the more protection policies they should be getting people to take out. But what you actually find is the more mortgages they do, Actually, the less protection policies they tend to do because they're so busy, yeah. they will be mentioning it to people. But quite often, it, 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 that should really be seen as a, a priority for India in that situation. I know with, with us, our main mortgage advisor, Neil, he just does mortgages now. He's so busy doing that that he just does that. So we've then got another advisor that specialises in protection. But really, every client should be getting referred to him because they often say protection is the cornerstone of financial planning, and it really is because you think, right, if something happens to you, whether it's if, if you were to die or be off work sick for any period, you kind of need to know that you're able to, to get by. So such an important area, and it is one that unfortunately does often get missed at, at times. Okay, now back to, to this. You mentioned just towards the end of you know the the types of reason that you would buy life insurance you mentioned for your business now i admit i'm struggling a little bit with using life yeah. insurance to help with business purposes so how does that work so yeah, so again different businesses and, and people all have different needs so me for example i i would really my staff should consider a policy on myself because if i was to die i suppose that i'm the main linchpin of the the business i'm quite fortunate that the so business your name on the door phil <laughs> and the, the lucky thing with me is that my business can run and run profitably without me being yeah. here. So I suppose it's maybe not so important, but then what they should maybe be doing is considering taking out life insurance on me so that if I died, they could actually purchase my share of the business. Because if, if anything happens to me, that would go to, to my estate. So it, they, they, that would be a one reason why the staff would maybe consider a policy on the likes of myself. Another thing is if, if you've got a key person at your work, you might want to look at insuring them as well. What you've got to ask is how would the business replace that person? Would they need to go to an agency? They might have costs for that. It might take six months to get somebody in, so you've got to lose income in that period while they're they're not there. What, what you've got to do is look and say, right, how profitable is, is that person as part of the business? And would if someone comes in, would they be doing the same job? are they going to be as profitable? So that might be why you would want to have life insurance on some of your actual team. Um, one good thing if you've got a limited company is if you're taking out life insurance on yourself or your, your staff, you, you can actually do what's called a, a relevant life insurance plan. Again, we did a, a 
not an episode on that, but episode 83, we, we did a whole show on life insurance for business owners. And that, that's something that we kind of covered in, in that show. So that was episode 83. But one, one great benefit of doing, if for the likes of myself, I, I've got a relevant life policy. I've got one on my, my ex-partner as, as well. And the, the good thing with that is the company actually pays it. So the company gets corporation tax relief. Now, if you're paying life insurance out of your own pocket, if you're earning money, you'll have paid tax and national insurance on that. Your employer will have paid like employers, national insurance and things. So actually, if, if you're doing what's called a relevant life policy, it can save anything between about 40 to 50% on the cost of the premium. So wow. again, junior, if, if you've got a limited company, that, that's often worth reviewing your life insurance and speaking to a financial advisor because you could save potentially even slightly more than, than half the on the premiums on that instance. Makes sense. Now, a, a few weeks back, Phil, we, we did a show on financial advice for women. And up until that point, I genuinely didn't realise before that how different an outlook might be between the sexes when it comes to finance and financial products. Now, having recorded that show, I'm willing to bet there is typically a difference when it comes to men and women and life insurance. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, on, on average, women tend to be less likely to have life insurance than than men. One good thing for women is that, on average, they live longer than, than men. Now, that used to mean, years ago, life insurance premiums were cheaper for, for women. But the, there was a ruling came in, I think it was around about December 2012, so just around about 10 years ago, it was a European Court of Justice ruling. And when that came out, they, they start insurers had to do what's called gender-neutral rates. So women used to be cheaper for life insurance because, on average, they would live longer but that ruling meant that men and women would have to pay exactly the same premium for, for the same cover. Now, in theory, that would mean that it would be slightly cheaper for men and women would then be slightly more. But you tended to find a lot of insurers just kind of equalised it to almost to like the, the rates that men were, were sort of paying. But another good thing I would say with, with life insurance, it's always good to review your cover because people on average are living longer these days, the cost of life insurance over the years has generally tended to come down. So if you took out a policy years ago, as long as you're still in good health and not had any sort of medical issues, you may be able to get cover the same cover for, for cheaper now than what you did in the past. And one thing I would say, if someone is looking at reviewing any existing cover, never cancel any old policies until any new yeah. plan is kind of terms that are acceptable to you. Because again, I've seen that before where somebody's thought, right, I'll just cancel that and I'll take out a new policy. Then it turns out that they've maybe had some kind of illness or, or something in the past that's affected it. And they've maybe either not got cover or the premiums have, have skyrocketed at that time. So again, that's that's quite an important point for people as well. Either that or in the, in the intervening period where they've had cover today, but they've cancelled it, and they're going to take this out you know, tomorrow, they've then gone and, and crashed the car or something, yeah. having had a heart attack at the wheel, and it turns out they weren't insured at that moment in time. Uh, same, when, when people used to take out a mortgage, often they would put the start date of the cover on the date that they move into the house. But I always used to say to them, it's like, look, if you've, in Scotland, they call it concluding missives, and down south it's um, exchanging contracts. If you've already done that, that's you committed to that property. So really, you want the start date to be from when you've committed to buy the, the property. Um, so I used to often say to folk, look, start it 
like almost straight away rather than than wait in. Absolutely. Almost 100 shows in, we, we know each other pretty well, Phil. You, you've learned that I hate acronyms, hate acronyms. Mm. Uh, and I always like uh, any bit of kit that makes my life easier. I love a life hack. Is there anything online that I can use to, to figure out, you know, how much I need to pay a, a month for life insurance? You're like dropping a few fig- figures in a computer yeah. and, and get a number back for roughly for what I should be paying. So, I mean, you, you can go on price comparison websites and they'll give you, a, like if you put in the figures, they'll give you a general idea as, as to how much it's going to cost. And some of them will, will look at different companies. You, you've got ones that have, I always think I don't like with comparison websites. You've often got sponsored listings where they'll come up at the top as opposed to the, the cheapest. One good yeah. thing with Life Cover is it's quite quite an easy product to compare because it is one where you can look at things a lot more on a, a sort of price-based Whereas like critical illness cover will be different because different insurers will cover different things. I mean, you, you go on some websites and they, they'll say, look, you should be taking out 15 or 20 times your annual income as cover. But like I say, the truth is that everyone's needs are going to be really quite different. And what, one thing that we've tried to do is, is build a tool. So on, on my business website, we've tried to, to sort of build a tool that tries to help people with, with not only price comparison, but try to give you an idea how much cover you, you need as well. So if, if you go to philandersonfinancial.co.uk slash insurance, on that page, you'll see a button and it's got a, a click here. It says click here now to get life insurance quotes. Not only will it give you some sort of quotes, it gives you like an, a, an idea of some indicative terms. So if you're accepted at the, the insurer standard rates, it gives you an idea what the costs will be, but you answer a few questions and I'll also look to try and give you an idea how much cover you, you should be looking at taking out as well. It, it's quite a basic tool. I mean, if, if I go on there and put in that I've got six dependents, it confuses it a bit. And it basically <laughs> at, at that point, it sort of, sort of says, yeah, you should go and speak to an actual advisor and they'll kind of help more. <laughs> but if your situation's quite straightforward, it, it's a good tool. It'll kind of say, right, but you answer questions like, like what sick pay do you get? And it'll not only look at things like life insurance, but it'll also say, look, should you be looking at critical illness cover, income protection if you're off work? So it, it's a really good tool. So that, that website address, again, it's philandersonfinancial.co.uk slash insurance. And then when you go on that page, you'll see a button that just says click here to, to get a life insurance quote. And that'll also give you an idea how much cover you should be looking at taking out as well. And if I go on there and, and put in that I've got six six dependents, is it going to say, not you again, Phil, please log out? <laughs> I know. <laughs> the, the questions that it's going to answer you, Phil, I, I'm assuming it's going to ask him, I'm assuming it's a, a mix of, you know, a little bit about your physical health, but also what you have that you need to pay in the event of your death. So how much do you have that's left in your mortgage? Do you have any debt that you need to pay off? Have you got a policy for a funeral? That that sort of thing? Is it, is it yeah, going to, yeah. yeah. It'll just tend to ask uh, quite quite basic stuff. How many depend you, you, things like what's your age? How many dependents do you have? Are you married? Do you have, for example, mortgage? There's just a number of questions. Honestly, it takes about five ten minutes to to fill in. Doesn't it take long at all? And even if you don't know anything exact, just put in a rough rough idea. Yeah. It'll give you a, a good idea, different things, and it, it's good. It can build it up. So it, you start off by saying, right, look. For, for life insurance, it would cost this, but if you add in critical illness cover, it would cost you this. And one thing I'm always a great believer in is something is better than nothing. So yeah. at least if you've got some kind of cover, 
it's going to be better for you than having no cover at all. And even if that was just life insurance to pay funeral expenses, at least you've got something. If it was even to give your dependents some kind of money, that's going to help them then better than, than having nothing at all. And for some people, like you say, the cost of living crisis at the minute, a lot of people are finding things quite hard just now, but we, we've discussed that in previous shows as well. I mean, I, I know my partner, Ruth, for her pet insurance, her dog costs at about 120, 130 quid a month. Life insurance, I mean, it may cost that depending on how much you're, you're taking out, but quite often you can take out some kind of policy for five, 10, 15 pounds a month even. Yeah. At least it gives you some kind of cover there. Now, often when, you, when you're buying a financial product, Phil, you, you have to source a bit of info. Mortgages, I think, are probably the worst for that. But I'm guessing when it comes to life insurance, there might be a few questions you've got to answer as well. So how do I go about buying life insurance? What sort of things will I have to answer or to find out about for the insurer? Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned there, a lot of people will go online, they'll, they'll use comparison websites, do things themselves. I would always recommend when it comes to protection, speaking to an independent financial advisor or a protection specialist, because they can look at a plan that really is tailored to your individual needs. When it comes to actually taking out a policy, insurers will ask certain underwriting questions when you take it out. So they'll look at things like your occupation, they'll look at your height, your weight, medical history, your family's medical history. And again, what one advantage of, of using a financial advisor I mean, the comparison websites are not going to take into account. So let, let's say you're diabetic. They're not going to ask that sort of thing. No. They're just going to assume that you're going to accepted on sort of standard terms. So I mean, if you're diabetic, there's certain insurers out there that are, are good for people in that sort of circumstances. And that's the sort of thing that price comparison websites just won't take into account. And it's the same as well, for example, if, if you've got a high body mass index, some insurers are going to rate you or they might not give you cover at all. If if they rate the policy, that basically means they're going to put the, the price of it up to compensate for you being a, a higher risk. And again, a good financial advisor or protection expert, they'll know which insurers are going to be better for you if you are not classed as like normal criteria. So that, that's a big advantage that they've got over these comparison websites. One of the things I remember about a policy that I once had, Phil, I think it was, I'm, I'm fairly certain it was a life insurance policy, but one of the, the things that I remember was I had to go along to a doctor and I don't think it was a treadmill. I think it was just answering a few questions, that sort of thing. But because they found a history of cancer in my family, the policy came back and it said, you know, we'll pay out, blah, 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 but we will not pay out in the instance of you dying of cancer. Yeah. Does that sort of thing still happen? So rather than them, you know, you paying more yeah. to insure against it, they just won't insure you against it at all. Yeah, that's it. They'll sometimes make exclusions. So if you've got a family history of something, they, they might turn around and say, well, look, we're going to exclude cover for, for this. I, I know somebody that had had a couple of suicide attempts in the past. So again, the insurer, what they did is they said, right, the premium I think was increased anyway, but they, they made an exclusion. So if it was... If they died because of self-harm, they wouldn't pay out in that instance. So the, the insurers will sometimes make those sort of exclusions or they may say, right, we'll give you the cover, but we'll, we'll put the premium up to, to compensate for the, the higher risk as well. Okay. All right. So give me the, the, the key takeaways in life insurance then, Phil. Why I need it, what it does, how much it might cost, where I go for, for impartial advice the entire thing. Yeah, like I say, I mean, there's a whole host of reasons. I mean, it, it's like we're doing a show on how much life insurance do I need? And I suppose the answer to that is 
it's dependent on your individual circumstances. There's no right or, or wrong answer. Like I say, some cover is better than nothing. The, the, the other main takeaway I would say is it's good to speak to an independent financial advisor. They can research the whole market to find the most suitable policies for yourself, but also get the best premiums for you as well. I mentioned as well about that tool that we've got on our website. It's really good. Want to give you an idea of cost, but really also give you an idea how much cover you should really be, be looking at as well. And the, that website, again, it's www.philandersonfinancial.co.uk slash insurance. And like I say, financial advisors, they, they can review your existing policies, things like we mentioned that guaranteed insurability options. They can look at all that sort of things. And again, that's the sort of thing that price comparison websites just won't take into account. So it is good to get tailored advice to, to your circumstances. Again, like a, like a lot of financial products, Phil, aspects of this, large percentages of it come down to peace of mind, doesn't it? You know, So in other words, the life insurance will pay off this, 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 and therefore, once I'm dead, once I'm gone, my family will not have to worry about those things. That's it. We, we often go through like products on the on this show, but it's the the benefits that it brings, and that that's it. I know if I die, there's money going to be left for for my kids to to bring them up. So I've got the peace of mind to know if anything happens to me, my family's going to be well protected. Yeah, absolutely. Here we go then, fellas. We enter into the part of the show where you share a little bit of your own life story. What have you got regard, regarding that one on how much life insurance do I need? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I know for me, I mean, like I say, I've, I've got quite complex or, or different kind of needs from, from most people. I mean, I've got six kids. I stay with my partner. I'm fortunate that if I was to die now, I've got the value of my business that, that would help as well. But what I also need to take into account is how long would it take to sell the business? Would they get the right price that, that I think it would be worth? So there's all that. I, I mean, I've got policies. I, I've got five different policies. I've got six kids, but policies written in trust. So if anything happens to me, my five oldest kids have all got at least £100,000 paid out there. I should really be looking at taking out something for, for my youngest son. At the minute, I'm probably a bit overweight, so it's that the premiums would likely be higher for, for that policy if I was to take one out. But I know, should anything happen to me, there's money there that we get paid out to each of the kids, held in trust for them, and that would see them through in the kind of short to medium term. And then the value of the business would kind of help more in the, the longer run. But so many different factors to, to take into account. I, I remember one financial advisor I know, he, he always kind of goes on, he's like, oh, life insurance is... Doesn't matter if I die because it's my fault. I'm gone. But then that's quite a selfish attitude, is it? I mean, I know I want to know that if anything happens to me, my kids are not going to be brought up in, in poverty, struggling oh, exactly. to, to get by. Exactly, absolutely. Otherwise, what was the point of the, the you know of, of know, the years that went before? Yeah. Well, we always do this, but as well, you, you find inspiration. I know through various people you admire, and you love a quote. What have you got on the subject of today's show? How much life insurance do I need? It's funny because you're mentioning peace of mind and the, the quote I've got this week, I don't know who or where this came from. It's a, a kind of anonymous one, but online I just saw a, a quote and it just said, life insurance, 
equals peace of mind. <laughs> that was me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> now, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask him anonymously if you wish. Let's get on to this week's contact details in a moment. I'll give it to you after these. Hi, Phil. I'm about to start a new job as a diver for an offshore company. It's something I've done all my life, but mostly in holiday locations, teaching people on holiday how to dive. This is the first time I've been diving in this kind of environment, and the guys I'm working with have suggested I should take out bigger policies for things like critical illness and life insurance. Any recommendations? Do you know what? Divers are generally classed as a, a high-risk occupation, so think, they can be difficult yeah. to get life insurance okay. for. The, the sort of questions companies will ask is, what sort of distance are they diving to? That That's often a in question. Terms of depth, that, you mean? Yeah, the depth. Yeah. That, that'll often be a question that, that companies would ask. And what, what you, again, what you'll find is some companies might add like a premium load in so that they might charge more. But for, for deep sea divers, you'll tend to find they're very difficult to get cover at all for. Wow. Well, one thing I would say, it's probably worth checking whether he's a new employer to see what benefits they have. Again, an independent financial advisor can have a look to see if you can get cover anywhere else. I would even ask the work colleagues, it's like, look, who have you got cover with? Did you able to get cover? And that, that can often be a good starting place as well. But for, for divers, it can be very difficult to, to get life insurance for them. Okay, good to know. Uh, next up, here's one from Stuart in Kirkintillic. He says, hi, Phil, is there any advantage to having all your finances dealt with by one practice? Or should you shop around for best prices and service on everything. This is kind of back to what I was talking about, I guess, with, you know, if you have your mortgage that you've gone yeah. through through one advisor and you've got your life cover coming in, you know, one might affect the other and, and they could pick up on that. Yeah. So this is what he's asking, I suppose. I know it's a, a lot will depend what you're you're looking for. Some financial advisors will, will specialise in certain areas. So a lot of financial firms or advisors, they'll only deal with say, investments and pensions, but then you'll get some, like Kevin in our office, he can do investments, pensions, mortgages, he can do the lot. So that, that's quite unusual that somebody would deal with, with everything. As I mentioned, like Neil, our mortgage advisor, brilliant at mortgages, but he doesn't do any life insurance policies these days. He passes them all on to one of his colleagues. I, I know firms that will only specialise in certain areas as well. So a certain advisory firm might just deal with say, inheritance tax planning, or you'll get ones that will just deal with, with mortgages. So I, I guess, yeah, I mean, it, it can sort of differ from depending on what you're looking for. And I always do think it never does any harm to look at more than one company for things. I mean, another good example, we don't do house insurance here. We tend to refer that on. We, we kind of made a decision thinking, right, we, we didn't have time to be dealing with, with claims and, and that, and it's quite a specialist area. So if anybody's looking for home insurance, we tend, we've got a couple of different firms that we pass people on to for, for that. So firms will often have connections that they can put people in touch with as well, but it is different firms will, will specialise in different things. Okay. We just say as well, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered, well, a lot of topics now and we may have touched on what you're interested in. I'm Joe Mellis. Thank you for joining us for the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal 
Finance Community. That's Personal Finance Community on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Or why not email Phil a question he can answer on a future show? His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured we won't use a real name if that's what you'd prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us and please follow us on Apple or whatever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time and thanks for listening. Thanks John. Hope you have a great week.